0: Chapter Nineteen of Mildred at Rosans by Martha Finley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Amy. Chapter Nineteen: A lovely being, scarcely formed or moulded, a rose with all its sweetest leaves yet folded. Byram, on the veranda of a lordly mansion, overlooking a velvety lawn of emerald green, spangled with flowers and dotted here and there with giant oaks, magnolias, and orange trees, between which might be caught the silvery gleam of the bright waters of a lakelet beyond a young child a lovely little girl of four was sporting with her nurse tossing to and fro a many-colored ball with many a sweet baby laugh and shout presently it flew over the railing and rolled away among the flowers in the grass let's go get it mammy said the little one hurrying down the steps let's toss it on the lawn wait honey returned the nurse following her kye let ole mammy hole you up to see what's comin down dar under water oh the boat the boat "'shouted the child as Aunt Chloe lifted her to her shoulder. "'Will it stop, Mammy? Is Uncle coming on it?' "'Don't know, darling. spect he is,' Aunt Chloe answered, moving on, "'across the lawn in the direction of the little pier, "'where the boat was already rounding to. Kai, yes, dar I am, standin' on the deck.' "'The child clapped her pretty hands with a cry of delight. "'I see him! I see him! Please go on, Mammy. "'Now let me down. I want to run to meet him.' "'A man was stepping ashore, gentlemanly in dress and appearance medium height, rather stoutly built, sandy hair and whiskers, plentifully sprinkled with gray, a grave, thoughtful face, with stern mouth, but kindly gray eyes. At sight of the fairy little figure bounding toward him, he set down a valise he carried, stooped and held out his arms, the stern lips relaxing into a smile, the gray eyes twinkling. In an instant she was clinging about his neck, the rosebud mouth, pressing sweet kisses on his lips. "'Well, my bonnie baron, are you glad to see your old uncle come home?' He asked fondling her for a moment then setting her on her feet and taking her hand he walked on toward the house aunt chloe and a negro boy with the valise following a pleasant-faced matron in a neat muslin dress and cap met them on the veranda welcome home sir mr cameron she said shaking hands with him your rooms are ready and tea will be on the table in ten minutes elsie my bonny pet will you no stay with me while uncle changes his linen yes mrs murray with you and mammy the child answered with cheerful acquiescence uncle won't go away to-morrow nor next day cause he said so the child's meals were usually taken alone in the nursery earlier hours than those preferred by the older people better suiting her tender years but to-night she took tea with her guardian and mrs murray mrs murray sitting opposite him and presiding over the tea-urn elsie between them at his right hand while aunt chloe stood at the back of her chair ready to give instant attention to every want and wish the evenings were cool enough to make an open wood fire very agreeable and a fine one blazed and crackled on the hearth in the library whither mr cameron bent his steps on leaving the table he had scarcely taken possession of an easy chair beside it when elsie crept to his side and claimed a seat on his knee poor but fatherless baron, he muttered as he took her up some folk are as the good book says without natural affection why uncle i've thought of papa hasn't i she asked catching in an understanding way only the first half of his remark, Mrs. Murray, tells me about him sometimes, yes, so you have he said, but he isn't here to take care of his little lassie, you know, I wish he was, I wish he'd come just now, and my mamma's in heaven where Jesus is. She prattled on, my sweet, pretty mamma, and pulling out a gold chain about her neck, she drew out from the bosom of her gown a miniature set in gold diamonds, a likeness of a very beautiful young girl. Dear mamma, sweet, pretty mamma," she repeated, fondly kissing the pictured face. "Let me look at it, Elsie," he said, as she was about to return it to its hiding place. "The bonniest face I ever saw," he mused half aloud, gazing intently upon it. "Woes me that the sods of the valley should have covered it from sight say, soon." "Was I wrong? Eh? How could I know that she cared so much for that wild youth? I thought it was the gold he was after, and I think so still." But he heaved a profound, remorseful sigh as he relinquished the miniature to its rightful owner. As he did so, he caught sight of Aunt Chloe, standing near, her dark eyes fixed on him with an expression of keenest sorrow, mingled with the reproach. She blames me, he thought uneasily. Well, well, I meant it all for the best. Aunt Chloe, he said, speaking aloud, bring me a parcel you'll find on my dressing-table. She left the room and presently returned, bringing what he had sent her for. Something for you, Elsie, he said, laying it in her lap it was loosely wrapped in brown paper which she quickly unfolded with her small white fingers bringing to light a large beautiful and handsomely dressed doll oh oh see mammy see she cried in delight such a big dolly biggest of all i've thought then she thanked the giver with kisses and smiles and sweet words of baby gratitude for she was a child of most grateful and loving disposition mrs murray must be called in to see and admire the new treasure then with it hugged closely in her arms the delighted darling bade good-night and suffered her mammy to lead her away to bed. "'What a bonny land it is! One canna think well of the father that neglects it,' remarked Mr. Cameron, as the tiny, fairy-like figure disappeared through the doorway. "'It's unaccountable, and it makes me have grave doubts of the reality of his love for the mother,' said the housekeeper, "'but if once he got sight of the Baron, it would surely be different. Who could see the bit winsome thing, and not love her dearly? Can you no manage to get him here by hook or by crook, Mr. Cameron?' "'I cannot say that I'm over-anxious,' he answered dryly. "'He's too fiery and hot-headed a youth to deal comfortably with. "'Besides, he's away in Europe.' "'Ah, when will he return?' "'Indeed, Mrs. Murray, I got no hint of that, "'except that his stay was likely to be lengthy.' "'She had brought in her accounts of household expenditures for the past month, "'and some time was in going over them, "'and conversing of various business matters. "'Mr. Cameron,' she said as the interview was about to close, "'life and health are both uncertain with us all.' "'In case anything should happen to you, sir, what—' "'I will give you the address of my solicitor and of the baron's grandfather,' he said, without waiting for the conclusion of her sentence. And turning to his writing-desk, he wrote both on a card, which he handed to her, saying, "'It would be advisable for you, or the overseer, to send them both word immediately, "'if aught occurred to deprive me of the ability to attend to the affairs of the estate "'and the welfare of the bit lassie.' Scarce a week had elapsed when Mrs. Murray found reason to be thankful for this act of prudent foresight mr cameron was taken suddenly and violently ill soon became delirious and after a few days of suffering breathed his last without an interval in which he could have attended to business however important as soon as it was known that the illness was likely to terminate fatally letters were dispatched to the addresses given the lawyer living no further away than New orleans was able to reach the in time for the funeral but it would take weeks for the letter to mr dinsmore to wend its way to roselands little elsie saw nothing of her guardian after he was taken sick she was not shown the corpse, and during the funeral, her nurse had her way in a distant part of the grounds. She's too young to be saddened with thoughts of death and the grave," said Mrs. Murray. "We'll just tell her when she asks for her uncle that he's gone to the beautiful heaven where the Saviour is, and her sweet, pretty mamma too, and she'll have only pleasant thoughts about it. The darling pet, the good woman had a very strong motherly affection for the lovely little one, and was more concerned in regard to the possible not to say probable separation from her consequent upon mr cameron's death than with any other question touching her own earthly future she did not know what disposal would be made of the child but was resolved not to endure separation if it could be avoided even by a considerable pecuniary sacrifice the lawyer could tell her nothing except that the child's father would now assume entire control of both her person and property then she said with the tears stealing down her cheeks i fear we may have to part But I will ever comfort myself with the thought that God reigns, and the man's heart is in his hand as the rivers of water, so that he can turn it whithersoever he will. You seem strongly attached to her, remarked the lawyer. Well, she's a pretty little creature, and a great heiress. The estate was large at the time of the grandfather's death, and has flourished under my friend Cameron's care. His investments were always judicious. In fact, he couldn't have handled the funds more wisely and carefully if it had been his own. Mr. Dinsmore has been sent for you, say? The grandfather, sir, the father's away in Europe. Ah, uh, rather unfortunate, I fear well, Mrs. Murray, I finished the business that brought me here and shall leave by the next boat, which passes I understand half an hour from this. He concluded consulting his watch. Yes, she said, but you will first step into the dining-room and take some refreshment, will you not, sir? It is quite ready. He accepted the invitation, and while sipping his tea, he said, "I shall see Mr. Dinsmore near lands He would doubtless call upon me there before coming on to Viamede." you may depend mrs murray that if i have any influence it will be exerted in favour of the plan of leaving the little girl in your care i thank you sir she said i love the sweet baroness i love my own now all gone before to the heavenly rest and perhaps as they never seemed to care to trouble with her they may be willing to continue her in my charge mrs murray was by no means the only one at Viamede who dreaded the changes that might come as an indirect consequence of the death of elsie's guardian there were many anxious hearts among the older and more intelligent of the servants would the little mistress whom they fairly idolized be carried away from them would there be a change of overseers would any of them be sold away from home and kindred work had been suspended on account of the funeral it was over and returning to their accustomed haunts about the mansion and the quarter they collected in little groups here and there looking sadly into each other's faces talking in subdued tones with many a dubious shake of the head and not a few tears dropped to the memory of the fair young creature who'd left them four years ago to lie down beside her parents in the family burial ground, on a grassy slope not far away. Ah, could they but have kept her, so sweet, so gentle, so kind. Presently Aunt Chloe and her young charge, taking the quarter on their way to the mansion, appeared among them, the baby girl looking wondrously like to her whom they mourned, the same fair oval face, large lustrous brown eyes, golden brown hair, and sunny smile they gathered about her with honeyed words of endearment kissing the small white hands the golden ringlets even the hem of her richly embroidered white dress she scattering gracious winsome words and smiles like a little queen among her loyal subjects it was truly the homage of the heart for scarce one of them would have hesitated to risk life and limb in her service she dispensed her favors with great impartiality and was borne to the house on the shoulders of several of these ardent admirers each taking his turn in carrying her part of the way that all might share in the privilege since the loving little heart would not favor one to the rejection of the others it was just as mr coonley the solicitor was about taking his departure that the baby girl was thus borne in triumph to the veranda and sat down there all flushed and rosy and crowing with delight nice right uncle ben and all you other uncles she said kissing her hand to them mammy will get you some cakes she's a beautiful child exclaimed the solicitor in an aside to mrs murray yes sir and a dear bairn sweet and good as she is fair will you give me a good-bye kiss my little dear he asked stepping toward her yes she said holding up her rosebud mouth but i don't know you did you come to see my uncle where is he he gave her a puzzled look then saying i haven't time to tell you now my little girl hurried away she looked after him for a moment then turning to mrs murray repeated her question come away darling was the answer now come in and eat your supper and then we'll have a nice bit of talk End of chapter 19. Recording by Amy.